One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Down the block, Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. On Monday night, we had the premiere of Tales from Tiger Town, the West Tigers documentary brought to you by KO, and it has been unreal. I really enjoyed episode one. Thoroughly looking forward to the next three episodes. As I said in my review on Tuesday, the next three are going to be really exciting, especially the next one. Uh, a couple of really tough matchups, a couple of games they really get slapped in. So interesting to see how Michael Maguire and his demeanor changes over that time and how the players' demeanor changes as well. So very interesting. And Look, I've spoken about this for a long time. I've been talking about this for ages. I think that every NRL team should be recording all this sort of stuff, even if you don't release it every year. If you do lead to a premiership over the next few years, all this stuff is absolute content gold that your fans would love to see. And, you know, even if you do release it every year, but you don't do a big thing like the West Tigers have, I think it'd be great if all teams did. Don't get me wrong. But even if you just released it to your members to give them a little behind-the-scenes look at how their club is going about their business, I think that'd be unreal. But I think all teams should be doing this. And I was thinking about it. If I could go back and watch any sort of documentary like the West Tigers one that we've seen, like the Michael Jordan one for Rugby League, what would be my five topics or five premierships or five moments that I would most want to see? And I've come up with a top five, and there are some absolute crackers in this list. And I'm just going to tell you about a couple notable mentions that I strongly considered that didn't make the list. One of them was the 99 Melbourne Storm Premiership. I think you would start from about 97 when they started to put this squad together. The signings of Lazarus, the signing of Scott Hill, the signing of Brett Morley, Robbie Ross, all these guys that came to form this team. Tawita Nickow is another one that came to form this team and then only in their second year they won the premiership the year before that we spoke to Scott Hill about that I think they got dusted by the Brisbane Broncos in a semi-final or a prelim final they really got slapped that night from memory and he sort of spoke about that they didn't pat themselves on the back and say oh job well done you know we did well to be here they thought no we've got more in the tank and of course they go back the year after not only did they win the grand final They win one of the most controversial, if not the most controversial grand final of all time. It came down to a penalty try to decide it. So I think the 99 Storm Premiership, starting from the beginning of that franchise all the way to that Premiership in those unbelievable circumstances with sort of the hero of it being Glenn Lazarus. Obviously, his third club, his third Premiership, one of the best players we've ever seen. So I think that one would be a sensational one to watch. I'd also like to see the 97 Broncos. Now, of course, the 97 Broncos, we all know that the 97 Knights are the Premiership winners, but the Broncos, they won the Super League. And I think the whole Super League saga 
finalising with the 97 Broncos and how they went about that season. You know, a couple of huge names playing in that team. Obviously, all the Broncos that we know and love from the 90s. Then you throw in a guy like Anthony Mundine as well. Wayne Bennett was their coach. So, so many storylines there. And then, of course, the entire time you've got this split competition. I think that would be unreal to watch. I'd love to see the behind the scenes of that 97 Broncos team. One of the best sides we've ever seen. And just along with all, everything that comes with it, you get all that vintage sort of Super League stuff that we just don't see anymore. The bizarre jerseys, the bizarre ways about going about things. I think it'd be sensational to watch that one. Another one, I had all the mergers. So you're talking about the St. George Dragons. You're talking about the Illawarra Steelers. You're talking about the Magpies um, and the Tigers. I mean, all these merger clubs that came together. You've got the Northern Eagles, of course, as well. So a number of mergers that we've seen in rugby league that I think the way that those teams came together I think it'd be unreal to see how all of that unfolded all the politics behind it all all the people that felt like they were left out all the people that were probably holding all the cards some very interesting topics there that you would get out of the merger sides I think the early 1990 Panthers would be a really interesting story I know from talking to MG you know he mentions that they went to the grand final in 1990. They took on this Canberra Raiders side. They, they were the team from Penrith. They were the underdogs. They had a bunch of young kids. They went into the city. They got, you know, they got on the cans on the Tuesday night. Phil Gould had to come into their room and say, what the fuck are you doing? And they all sort of hit him, whatever. And, you know, Phil Gould said to them, you've just lost the grand final. Of course, that Sunday they do lose the grand final. And then it's the story of them uh, regathering themselves again in 91. They go all the way to the Premiership. Royce Simmons' last game, he scores two tries in the grand final. I think that early 90 Penrith Panthers side, I reckon that would be an unreal one to watch a documentary of. Obviously, guys like MG, Royce Simmons, young Brad Fitlow, Brandy Alexander, so many superstars that I would love to watch that one. Johnny Cartwright as well. Some Just some of the greats that I think would be unreal. Phil Gould, obviously the coach as well, so another storyline there. You could have parallel with that, the Canberra Raiders of that era as well, which I think would be unbelievable. One of the best teams we've ever seen. You could even start this story from 89 uh, when that young Canberra side takes on the Balmain Tigers in the greatest grand final we've ever seen or one of the greatest grand finals we've ever seen. I think that'd be unreal. Uh, The Broncos sort of from their emergence in 1988 when they started, even before that. I know that when we had Tony Durkin on, he sort of said that you know they were sponsored by Power Brewing Power Brewing didn't have a beer on the market yet, and they put $2 million into the Brisbane Broncos. And, you know, there's a conversation between the Broncos and um, I forget what his name is. I think, I think so, someone, Power, who owned Power Brewing, and they sort of said, geez, I hope your footy team's good. And they said, I hope your beer's good, because neither of them existed when they were with each other. So incredible. And the thing, only five years later, they'd won back-to-back premierships in 92, 93. Some of the players they got together, some of the guys that had the opportunity to come and represent the Broncos, the Brisbane Rugby League side, I think that'd be a great story as well. The Brisbane Broncos of 06, another underrated premiership. I think watching that season unfold would be unbelievable. You've obviously got Darren Locke here at the peak of his powers. You've got young guys like Carmichael Hunt. You've got J- Justin Hodges. He changes positions with Carmichael in the back end. You've got Sean Berrigan. He moves from centre into hooker to replace Michael Ennis, who gets injured. You've got Shane Perry, the halfback. Who the hell is Shane Perry, you know? I think that it'd just be an unbelievable story to watch how that one unfolded. I think it probably is the crowning moment in Wayne Bennett's career, to be honest with you. I think another one that involves Wayne Bennett would be the 2010 St. George Illawarra Dragons. Obviously, 09, they were odds-on to win it. They went out in straight sets. They wore the chokers tag for ages. Really interesting bunch of guys, you know. Mark Gasnier walks back into that side during 2010. So many storylines. You've got Steve Young and Dean Young, that little combination there. I think that'd be unreal. You've obviously got the 2014 South Sydney Rabbitohs as well. That'd be a great story going through the history of that. You would probably start that realistically 
1989. You take us through the 90s, Super League, them not being part of the competition, coming back in 2002, making the finals for the first time in, I want to say, 08 or 07, leading up to the 2014 Premiership. And you'd have the little stories along the line. I mean, Adam Reynolds makes his debut in 2013. Uh, Greg Inglis walks into the South Sydney system. Sam Burgess arrives. Michael Maguire arrives. All these little storylines that would add up to an incredible season in 2014 where they got the absolute best out of every single person on that squad. You had local juniors in like Dylan Walker who absolutely brained it. AJ who killed it. Arguably the best centre and the best winger in the game that season. All local juniors. That would be an unbelievable story. But other stories like we mentioned the Panthers before. What about their 2003 Premiership? Another unbelievable story. You could have the Cronulla Sharks and North Queensland Cowboys when they won in 15 and 16. The story of Jonathan Thurston going to North Queensland. The career of Paul Gallen. You know, been through so many losses in origin to get the job done in 2016 against the Melbourne Storm. There are just so many of these incredible moments in rugby league that I missed out on. You know what? I'm sure each and every one of you will be able to name another one or two that would be an unbelievable documentary that we could watch. But I've got my top five here that I would go through. I'm going to start at number five and I'm going to work my way all the way down to number one. Here comes number five. Number five. Coming in at number five for me, I would have the 1995 Sydney Bulldogs, their premiership that they won that season. Season kicks off with a big win against the North Queensland Cowboys. At the end of that game, they're sitting in fourth place. Uh, Coached by Chris Anderson, skipper was, of course, Terry Lamb. So at the end of round one, they're sitting in fourth place. This would be the highest that they would get for the rest of the season. Now, we fast forward all the way to round 13. Now, they go into round 13 against the Newcastle Knights, currently sitting in 7th place. Now, it is a top 8 system like we're used to now. They're sitting in 7th place. So they're about mid of the table. It's round 13. It's a 22-week season. Then you got finals. So we're just over halfway through this competition. They're sitting in 7th place. They go up to Newcastle, up to Marathon Stadium to take on the Newcastle Knights. And, of course, they get beat 42-0. They get absolutely slapped by the Newcastle Knights up there, demoralising. They finished that week in eighth place after one of the worst losses of the 1995 season, especially for a side like Canterbury. Now, when we spoke to Daryl Halligan, their star winger, and one of their greatest goal kickers they've ever had, you got to remember they had Hazemel Masri as well. So a pretty uh, a pretty nice compliment there for Daryl Halligan. They come to training on the Monday morning, and um, Chris Anderson surprises them. He puts them on a on a houseboat, takes them out on the harbour and just fills the place with alcohol. They get absolutely sloshed. They have some pretty harsh conversations on there. Halligan said, you know, there were some pretty honest conversations on that boat. They got back into the harbour and everything had changed. That afternoon, the Canterbury Bulldogs, they turned a corner and they were ready to jump back into their 95 season. They're currently sitting in eighth place on the ladder. They would finish the season in sixth place. Sixth place going into the finals. You've got the Manly Seagulls. I believe they won the Manly, uh, the minor premiership. They were the red-hot favourites to win this competition. Now, the moment they get off that boat, it's round 13. They play the next 10 games before final start. Then they played four games in the finals. From those 14 games, they lost two games. They lost a grand total of two games that entire time, which is unbelievable. They lost to the Magpies, and they lost to the Warriors as well. Outside of that, they did not lose a game of football. In the finals, they played the Dragons. They beat them 12-8. They played the Broncos, Red Hot Broncos, dusted them 24-10. Played the Canberra Raiders. Yeah, the Canberra Raiders, that red-hot Canberra Raiders side, beat them 25-6. to And then, of course, played the Manly Seagulls, a team that was always destined to be in this grand final. They beat them 17-4 at the SFS. An unbelievable season, and it all kicked off 
with an absolute slapping up there at Newcastle, 42-0. And it's one of those games that can turn a season or it can ruin it. The champion coach that he is, Chris Anderson, absolute legend of our game, decided I'm going to make the best out of this, put them on a boat, got them all absolutely sloshed, let them fight it out, let them argue it, let them call each other out for their bullshit that was costing them so far this year. They come back into the harbour, they go on to win a premiership just a few months later, winning 12 of their next 14 games. Unbelievable season. This is one that I would love to see a Tales from Tiger Town documentary sort of style for the Canterbury Bulldogs. Number four. Coming in at number four for me, it would be the 2005 State of Origin series. Now, of course, game one will be remembered in origin folklore for eternity. It's 20-all. We go into extra time. And Brett Kamali, the halfback for the New South Wales Blues, he throws an intercept taken by Matty Bowen down the right edge. Up there at Suncorp, I believe this one was. And Matty Bowen, he runs away to win that game for the Queensland Maroons. An unbelievable moment. A moment that will never be forgotten. A moment that I'm sure Brett Kamali will never forget. It's funny, right now during this Origin series that we just had, we had a couple of those ads for uh, Uber Eats or whatever it was. And there was an ad that had these two in it, Brett Kamali and Matty Bowen on a classic state of origin moment. A great moment for Queensland. And of course, New South Wales, they react to this. They drop Brett Kamali. They move Trent Barrett to fight to halfback. And of course, they bring Brayton Astor into the squad to play 5-8. And on the Sunday before the game on Wednesday, uh, there's an injury to Trent Barrett. He's ruled out of this game. New South Wales, they're scrambling. They're working out who do they go to. And of course, they turn to the great, the great one, Andrew Johns. Now, this guy hadn't played a football in a number of weeks. I believe he'd been up in Brisbane in a rehab camp for a number of weeks trying to get his knee sorted out. He reckons he was fitter than what he ever had been off the back of this camp that Wayne Bennett advised him that he could go up there and do. And of course, as the narrative goes, he comes back into this game. It's played down here in Sydney. He gets man of the match and he absolutely brains it. One of the best origin performances we've ever seen. It was this series here where he puts Anthony Minicello in for two tries. He scores one early and then he scores one off a kick as well where Joey hits the pad from 45 metres away and I know that Minicello told me on the podcast that he knew what what Johns was doing absolutely incredibly also lays a try on in the last few minutes for Danny Badiris which is an absolute masterclass of ball playing, kicked three from three goals as well, a sensational performance from Joey, one of the best that we have ever seen and then of course we go to Suncorp Stadium for game three and he does it again, they absolutely annihilate the Queensland Maroons winning this game 32-0. Your man of the match in this one was Anthony Minicello, but once again, Joey, he was unbelievable in this game. For Joey to not be selected in game one, for us to lose in extra time by throwing an intercept, for us to drop that halfback, move our 5-8 to halfback, then he get injured three days before Origin 2 and us turn to one of the greatest legends our game has ever seen who had nothing in the tank. He didn't have any match fitness, nothing. We turned to Joey. We said, save us. Within three days, he'd won game two. He was man of the match, came back in game three and absolutely brained it again. Queenslanders would absolutely hate this one, but for me, this one had to be on my list. I think the Joey Johns miracle of 2005, I think it would have to be right up there with the best narratives that we could possibly tell in a documentary style. Number three. I mentioned on Tuesday when I did my review of Tales from Tiger Town that every team should be recording this, including the West Tigers, because you never know where a team can be in two years' time or three years' time. All of this stuff could be so critical as the lead-up 
up to a premiership victory. And of course, at the Tigers, we've seen it happen before. 2005, it came out of absolutely nowhere. And this is a side that I would love to see documented properly. Tim Sheens arrives in the early 2000s. And the West Tigers, they are just an absolute basket case. There is not much doing. There's a bit of talent here and there. You've got a young Benji Marshall coming through. Scott Prince. You've got these other younger guys that they can play. But, I mean, no one's really threatened by these guys. You've got a couple of older heads as well that have been around the game for a while. You've got Brett Hodgson, who's arrived from the Parramatta Eels. There's a few moving pieces, but nobody is overly threatened by this West Tigers team. No one's really taking them seriously. Of course, two years before this, we had the fairy tale, the Penrith Panthers in 03. But it was a one-off. I mean, no one thought that you could possibly do what the West Tigers did that season. And one of the things that gets me most excited about the prospect of having this documentary is a story that Matt Johns tells, that he went out to West Tigers training one day to do a story for Channel 9 or to do a bit for the footy show or something. And he was there and he was watching with Tim Sheens and he said that he could just see the West Tigers. They were going through all these these ball skills patterns. yeah. And, and, and Matty said it was like nothing he'd seen before. And he sort of said to Tim Sheens, mate, look at the way they're moving the ball. Look at how in sync they are. Why aren't you doing this on a Sunday? And Tim Sheen sort of said, mate, we're trying to. It's coming together. Just give us time. And I think that was in about 2004. I think it was the back end of 04 when no one was really taking the West Tigers seriously. They weren't doing too well. Of course, 2005 rolls around and Benji goes to a new level. Scott Prince, he just becomes the leader that we always knew he could be. Brett Hodgson is playing lights out footy. Robbie Farrer emerges as a really fantastic creative nine and a heap of young forwards in, you know, Anthony LaFranchi and these sort of guys, they just really find themselves. And all of a sudden, this style of football that they've been practicing for a long time, the people have been looking at just going, what on earth are the West Tigers doing? They're just filling numbers in this competition. They explode. And the final series that year was unbelievable. I believe they slapped the North Queensland Cowboys in week one. They beat them by about 50 points. I remember Brett Hodgson had an absolute blinder in that game. They then had to play the St. George Illawarra Dragons to get into the grand final. And of course, the Dragons then, they were star-studded. Absolutely star-studded. We're talking Trent Barrett, Matty Cooper, Mark Gasnier, Sean Timmons, these sort of absolute legends of our game. And the Tigers, they were given next to no hope. I think I remember Benji scores the first try off a scrum and the narrative goes from there. They win that one like 16-12 or something. All of a sudden, the fanfare starts with the West Tigers into the grand final. Unbelievable. The next night... The North Queensland Cowboys pull a massive upset led by Jonathan Thurston over the Parramatta Eels, who led by Tim Smith that year, absolutely brained it as well. I mean, the odds-on grand final that season was going to be the Parramatta Eels and the St. George Illawarra Dragons. We ended up getting the Cowboys and the West Tigers. And that night, wow, what an evening of football. I was lucky enough to be there for that game. I remember watching Benji Marshall flick past to Paddy Richards, scoring that unbelievable try. Incredible stuff. There was a couple of other moments in that game that I'll never forget. Scott Prince, I think people forget. He had an absolute blinder. Another narrative to this story. Scott Prince, he was given the captaincy in about round 10 or so because their, their their current captain was injured. He came back a number of weeks later and Tim Sheens made the tough decision. Nah, I'm going to stick with Scott Prince. The thing that stands out for me for this West Tigers grand final, and I would love to see the atmosphere around the team in the lead up to the finals, is because the way that they played in round 10 was the way that they played in the grand final. They didn't go into their shell. They didn't change anything about it. In fact, they put even more chips into the middle and went all in on the style of football that they were playing that was working for them. So many teams go in success. So I look at that 9 Eel side. They had all this success playing this razzle-dazzle footy. They got to the Melbourne Storm and they sort of went into their shell for the first 60 minutes and it really cost them. Tim Sheens, absolute masterstroke of a coach. Unbelievable stuff. I heard Benny Elias talking on Brett Finch's podcast a couple of months ago about how they were looking for a new coach. And I think it was Laurie Dale 
Daly he spoke to and he sort of said, mate, we're trying to find a coach. And he said, ring Tim Sheens now. He is the guy you need. And of course, just a couple of years later, they would win the premiership. An unbelievable season, the 05 West Tigers. I think they were 500 to 1 to win that competition halfway through the year unbelievable odds. You just do not win an NRL premiership from those sort of odds. The West Tigers did it. For me, probably the best fairy tale we've ever seen. The start of an unbelievable career for Benji Marshall. The moment where Scott Prince elevated himself to the next level. Robbie Farah as well. Brett Hodgson, the crowning moment in his career as well. I think this one would be an unreal documentary to sit back and watch. Number two. This one, this would be really, really special. We obviously mentioned the 97 Broncos in our notable mentions that that would be a great one, obviously because of the Super League war and everything. I think this one would be even better. The 1997 Newcastle Knights. Now, of course, Super League play a huge role. There's also a heap going on in the town of Newcastle. Now, I won't touch it too in-depth on that because I don't know the exact details, but I hear... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All of the Newcastle Knights boys talk about how much it meant to the town. The other important thing here, Newcastle, obviously rugby league, heartland. You think about all the legends that have come out of there. Their competition is still so strong up there. It's essentially like a little first grade competition up there at Newcastle. It's unreal. This town, they live and breathe rugby league. We spoke about the other day when they were meant to have Origin 3 up there. I mean, Origin 2, I think it was something like 45% of New South Wales tuned into that. In Newcastle, it was like 85% of people tuned into Origin 2. Devastating they didn't get to have Origin 3 up there this year. That would have been a sensational way to finish that Origin series. But the Newcastle Knights in 97 are so many storylines going into this one. You've got the whole Super League war. You've got the emergence of the Hunter Mariners. The town was completely split. You had all the Newcastle Knights boys who sided with the NRL. They had to have a bit of a fight to keep Matt Johns and Andrew Johns from what I believe. And this is where you would start this whole narrative. I know there's a story about Matt and Andrew Johns. They're considering going to the other side. And then Phil Gould makes a trip up the highway convinces them to stay. Unbelievable story. They obviously play the Manly Seagulls in this grand final who were red hot favourites. Yeah, they, this is their third grand final in a row they'd gone to. Red hot favourites. You had obviously the Chief and Spud clash. This would be part of this narrative as well. One of the most fiercest rivalries that we've ever seen in rugby league history. You've also got Andrew Johns the week before against North Sydney. He punctures his lung and is essentially told uh, that he won't be able to play footy again this year and he comes out in the grand final, absolutely brains it, sets up the winning try for Darren Albert. We all know, we all know that moment. It's it's in my audio to the start of my podcast. That's how highly I hold this moment. Joey goes down the short side, dummies to the marker. I believe it's Hopawade. He sells it to him and hits Darren Albert back on the inside, and he goes in under the sticks. An unbelievable victory. The, the Clive Churchill medalist that year was, of course, Robbie O'Davis. He scored two tries in that grand final. Absolutely killed it as well. But this 97 Knights grand final, I think it'd be great for a documentary. And you know what? It wouldn't finish with Darren Albert scoring, you would go into all the celebrations after the boys driving back up the highway. They reckon that it was packed for the last hour of that trip with Newcastle Knights fans everywhere. They got back uh, to the stadium, absolutely packed out there. All the celebrations, better than Lego. There were so many moments from this Newcastle region from that time celebrating this grand final. It would be an unbelievable story, even better 
it really is the emergence of Andrew Johns. He's obviously been a gun for the last few years, but this is the moment where Joey owns the biggest stage and the biggest moment on the biggest stage to defeat the best team in the competition, the Manly Seagulls. I think without this moment, I think Joey still would be an immortal, but my God, this one elevates him to a level that not many guys have. An unbelievable moment from Joey. you got to feel for Matty Johns. Obviously kicked the winning field goal against North Sydney the week before without Joey on the field. Took the field goal in this game and hits the post. Bounces over to the right-hand side, which gives Andrew Johns the opportunity to own the moment. you got to respect Matty Johns for what he achieved during this final series. An unbelievable player himself. You've obviously got the two brothers as halves too. I mean, it just keeps on evolving this story. The more layers, the deeper you go, the more layers there are that would be interesting in a documentary. I think this would be a sensational one. One that I would love to watch. Number one. My number one overall pick for the documentary from Rugby League that I would most want to see, and a little bit controversial. I know people aren't going to like this one, but it is something that would intrigue me so much. And look, the reality of this podcast is that, sorry, the reality of this documentary is that it would actually cover about seven years, but there is so much that happens in this seven years. And if teams were recording everything that happens and pretending like they were making a documentary, I think this would be one of the most unbelievable stories in rugby league. Now, it starts in 2006. Uh, 2006, the Melbourne Storm, they take on the Brisbane Broncos in the grand final there. The Brisbane Broncos win that game. And for me, it was sort of a transition period in rugby league. You had Darren Lockyer and the experienced Broncos taking on the Melbourne Storm, who, yes, they'd won a premiership in 99, but it was this new crop of players that were coming into this team. Cameron Smith, Billy Slater, these young guys that were really making their way into stardom. They lose the 2006 grand final, the Melbourne Storm, and they learn a lot of lessons from that. We had Scott Hill on the podcast, and uh, that was his last ever game for the Melbourne Storm. And, of course, he sort of said in that game that, you know, what happened after that with the Melbourne Storm, it didn't shock him in the slightest because he knew they were on the verge of something really special. Now, Scott Hill leaves um, and Matty Orford leaves as well. And it sort of um, it sort of leaves a bit of a hole in this team. And they're looking around working out who's going to wear the seven jersey. And, of course, Cooper Cronk. Now, he starts the 2006 uh, season at halfback. He goes all the way to that grand final. He loses that one. So now you've got Cronk. Smith and Slater in this team. They've just lost their first grand final. The old saying is you got to lose one to win one. And the Melbourne Storm, good God, didn't they learn some lessons from this grand final loss to the Brisbane Broncos? Unbelievable stuff. Of course, they go on to win in 07. They defeat the Manly Seagulls. Greg Inglis, an absolute five-star performance in that one. He was incredible winning the Clive Churchill medal. He plays 5-8, replacing Scott Hill the season after. Absolutely kills it. They go to 2008, and we got a grand final rematch. The Manly Seagulls and the Melbourne Storm. I've spoken about this rivalry before and how it dominated this five or six uh, year period. It was unbelievable. And of course, Cameron Smith is ruled out for that game. Cooper Cronk is the captain and Manly. They win that one 40 nil. It just adds to the narrative of this Melbourne Storm side. It really damages them. It really knocks them around. 2009 comes around and the entire 2009 season is all about one man, Jared Hayne, and the incredible run that he went on. At the same time, though, you got the Melbourne Storm just toiling away, doing their thing, sitting at the top of the ladder, waiting for the big, the big stages to arrive. And of course, these two teams play each other in the grand final. They nullify Jared Hayne. They win that premiership. Unbelievable scenes. Two premierships in three years, three grand finals in a row for this Melbourne Storm side, who has still got another decade of dominance ahead of them. And then 2010, their premiership favourites once again in the salary cap drama. They get caught for being over the salary cap. And we've obviously had Brett White. We've had Brett Finch on this podcast as well. 
well. Two guys that featured in that 2009 Premiership winning team. Finchie, of course, he was playing for the Parramatta Eels halfway through the 2009, made a move to the Melbourne Storm because Parramatta didn't want him and then beat them in the grand final. An incredible story. Finchie was getting a match payment regardless of which team won. He was getting a ring regardless of which team won. Unbelievable things for Brett Finch. Another part of this storyline, 2002, the salary cap drama. And I would just love to just have some cameras on that day at training because Brett White and Finchie spoke about it. It was just a normal day of training. And Craig Bellamy wasn't there, which is a little bit weird. And both guys said the same thing, that they thought Craig Bellamy was up to one of his tricks where he was hiding in a bush somewhere or he was up in the grandstand he was up in a room watching what they were doing. It was sort of a player-led session at that point. And they all sort of thought, oh, he must be watching from somewhere to see how we react, who leads and everything. So all on their best behavior. And then they get a call to come in. You can tell the cameras are starting to gather and Craig Bellamy calls them into a room and just explains it to them. And, you know, the, the boys, you know, it's obviously a very a very sad and a very personal moment for them taking, you know, having their premierships taken off them and everything they've achieved over the last few years for something that wasn't their fault. And I just, I would love to see the emotions in that room. I would love if we were able to have interviews with those players recently after, you know, just in the club scenario, them talking about what's happening. I would love to be a fly on the wall for the scenes where they go and talk to the media and Craig Melanie walks across the field with all 30 of his players standing behind him in a V. Just such a united team ready to take this on together. They play that season for no points whatsoever. I think they did the same in 2011. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. But the recovery from that, the guys that had to leave, we know that Brett White had to leave. We know that Finchie left. We know that Greg Inglis had to leave as well. One of the all-time greats. So you would go through that whole narrative and how this team built themselves up and the decisions that they made in the wake of those points being stripped, those premierships being stripped, and those players having to leave. They made the decision we're going to back these three players in. We're going to back in Cameron Smith, Billy Slater, Cooper Cronk, and we're just going to find reasonable pieces around them to fill in the other gaps. And for me, this narrative would finish in 2012 when they go on to win that premiership. A very similar season to 2009, funnily enough. The whole the whole entire season is built around one guy, Ben Barber and his Canterbury Bulldogs. He's on fire, Dalian Metal, best player in the competition. Highlights like we've never seen. Melbourne Storm, just working away in the background, sitting at the top of the ladder, getting through their season, once again waiting for the big stages to arrive. They get to grand final day. Ben Barbary has one good play uh, where he makes a break. He kicks it. Billy Slater saves Josh Morris from scoring a try there. Outside of that, really did nullify Ben Barber in that grand final. Once again, you would get to be a fly on the wall for those two premierships. The first one when they're taking on Jared Hayne, who's in probably the best form we've ever seen from anyone ever, and talking about how they're going to deal with that. Then once again with Ben Barber, how are we going to take this guy out of the game. I think it'll be a sensational narrative to tell from 06 when this young group of guys makes it to that first grand final. Scott he- Scott Hill leaves. Greg Inglis jumps in at 6. They win the premiership the next year. They try and go back to back. First team to do it since 92-93. They get absolutely slapped by the Manly Seagulls. Cameron Smith, he misses that grand final. They come back the year after facing this juggernaut of Jared Hayne. They win that premiership. It all gets taken away from them. Superstars are forced to leave. Internationals are forced to leave. Then they have to re build and they build it all the way back up to that night in 2012 an unbelievable game against the Canterbury Bulldogs and Benny Barber the moment that I'll remember of course the pass that Cooper Cronk threw to Billy Slater I've spoken about that a couple of times on this podcast I think it's my favorite play of all time just rugby league poetry that one a sensational night Cooper Cronk winning the Clive Churchill medal that night unbelievable scenes for me that would be my number one pick I understand it's controversial we don't really like the Melbourne Storm they had the salary cap drama all that but you can't tell me it wouldn't be interesting and if we went through those whole six or seven years we rode the entire 
wave of losing grand finals, winning grand finals, losing grand finals, losing all your points, losing all your stars, building back up with these three guns with a couple of pieces around them all the way to 2012 when they win that premiership. I think this one would be an unbelievable story led by two guys, Cameron Smith and, of course, the mastermind, Craig Bellamy. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.